This is a work of fiction. Written, narrated, and produced by me, Dennis Macareg. Please subscribe to my podcast and share it with friends. Sitting quietly at my table, a sickening feeling of rejection begins to churn at the bottom of my stomach. It's a few minutes past 11 and she has not arrived yet. Something tells me that she won't be showing up and our encounter yesterday will never be repeated. It's late in the morning and the tourists who stayed on the mainland are arriving, filling the square. A pair of police walk past. For a second, I think of waving at them and asking if they have seen Olivia. Describe her height at around 5 foot 6 with neatly combed dark hair parted to one side. Maybe a plea to them to help me find her because we had such a great time last night and don't want to throw it away what little we have so far. The bubbles in my sparkling water are rising to the surface as if gasping for much needed air. Wanting to quench my thirst, I lift my glass to my lips. After setting it on the table, a smile sips onto my face. From the corner of the square, Olivia is heading in my direction with a spring in her step. Last night's encounter wasn't something I imagined after all. Seeing her erases all my doubts about whether she really wants to be with me. She sits on a chair across the table. We lean towards each other and share a quick kiss on the lips. Been waiting long? She asks. Just got here. I haven't had breakfast. After looking through the menu, I say, I'll have pizza. For breakfast? She asks, a bit baffled. I'm a single guy. I eat pizza for breakfast all the time. At least it's not frozen. What are you gonna get? Bacon? Eggs? And croissant? Her order reminds me of home, though my flight back is not until tomorrow. 30 hours from now, I'll head to the airport. Thinking about it puts a crease on my forehead. What's our plan for today? I ask while slicing the pizza. The wedding starts at 6, so we still have plenty of time to wander, Olivia says. I have a few things on my mind I want to see and visit. My friends are renting a sailboat later in the afternoon and they invited us. From the tone of her voice, she is excited to go. An entire day with her alone is what I was hoping for to find the perfect timing to tell her what's on my mind. Being on a boat surrounded with her friends is an interruption I can't afford. Seeing the enthusiasm in her invitation and not wanting to disappoint her, I agree. After looking through our guidebook, we decide to check out the famous Palazzo Contarini del Bovolo, a small palace known for its spiral staircase. The map on our phone provides directions. 
a series of dots shows how to get there. Though it looks easy on the screen, the nuances of getting there pose a different challenge. Looking down at my phone and trying to navigate the confusing alleys where some are only wide enough for one person to comfortably pass can be dangerous. Distracted with what the screen is telling me, I could run into people. Worse, slip and fall into the dirty water down below. Turning to Olivia, I point to the general direction that will possibly get us there. It's that way. The passageways that twist through this residential area are narrow, but it comes with its charming effect. Offering my hand, she gently reaches for it. A few yards later, we reach a square crowded with tourists. It feels like we're in a snow globe and that we are in a bubble. The people swirling around us are tiny flecks of snowflakes. After wandering through so many blind alleys and asking everyone we meet for directions, we eventually arrive at our destination. The grand staircase looks like a massive silo. We find ourselves in awe of this truly grand design and functionality. Bannisters rope around the large openings. Looking up, I say, I would hate to be the pizza delivery guy who has to take the order all the way up to the top floor. Why would anyone order a pizza delivery when an excellent restaurant is just a few steps away? We climb up the stairs, viewing private homes with large windows across the alley. The higher we go, the view just gets better. A sea of red tile roofs lay before us looking like patterns on a quilt. Olivia leans on the railing. How many more steps to get up there? We're in a snail shell, come on. After what seems like countless flights of stairs, we are rewarded with a spectacular vista upon reaching the top. St. Mark's Basilica, Santa Maria de la Salute, the Campanile, and the wide expanse of the Venetian Lagoon are spread out before us. Nothing is left to do but to soak in the charm of this centuries-old building. Restaurants are on every corner. The smell of freshly roasted garlic and oregano wafts in the air. I'm getting hungry. She tugs my hand. We just ate. Yeah, but that was more than two hours ago. What do you want? Let's get one of those snack things that are served on toothpicks and on slices of breads. You mean the chiquetti? Is that what they're called? Not knowing where to go, Olivia and I approach a waiter standing outside a restaurant. She asks him where the nearest place. He tells us that one of the best ones is not that far and to keep going toward the water, then turn right. People are waiting outside the wine bar holding plates of foods and drinks when we arrive. We enter the wine bar and the man behind the counter greets us with a warm hello. 
Olivia and I check out the variety of foods inside a glass case. They all look good and I want to sample everyone. How do we order? Just point to the items you like and he'll do the rest. With a glass of wine and a plate of selections in our hands, we search for a place to sit. Luckily, an empty table is right outside near the water. We sip our wine, then admire the collection of edible artwork in front of us. There are different varieties of sliced breads with toppings of salami and cheese, mushrooms, tomatoes, and sardines. Please check out my latest novel, A Whisper to the Moon, at online retailers and at bookstores where it's available. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of my podcast. On this particular scene, it's one of those late morning, uh, early lunch deal. On our last day of sightseeing in Venice, it rained in the morning, turning the general mood into that kind of grayish kind of uh, ambiance to it. We went to a restaurant and it was almost 10 in the morning and we ate breakfast, which is technically lunch by the time we were done. The restaurant was modern and the waiters were nice. The strange thing is we only ordered pizza, basic pasta and some drinks and it shocked me. Oh gosh, you know, it was like 20 euros per meal. But of course, this is Venice. Everything is shipped in and out of the island, including every piece of garbage. There's a scene where Greg and Olivia was checking the guidebook because they ran out of ideas where to go. This happened to me. You would think that we would be expert on our second day, but the alleys are still confusing. The thing about Venice is that when you're looking at the map, you think that it's just a small island. I don't even know the square footage, but it's, it's not that large. Walking fast without stopping, I believe you can get from head to tail within an hour. But when you're sightseeing, you can wander for hours on end in those little, uh, places to discover different places are in different districts you can easily get lost if you're not aware where you are what can i say in the morning there are few tourists but later that day the tourists begin to arrive and you got to be ready for that actually i think they're all coming from the mainland they would just ride the train all the way in and stay outside of Venice. The reason one would stay on the island is the privilege of having the entire place to himself between, let's say, sundown to early mornings. So if you're staying on the island, you got to um, take advantage of that uh, moments of time when there's not a lot of people. Because after 10 or 11, that's it. Everybody's going to be there. You want to get a head start from the rest of the people. We walk in dark alleys at night exploring new places. 
Um, this is a really strange experience. Though Venice is safe at night, the narrow alleys can get really scary. It is just so narrow that you would think somebody's waiting for you at the corner somewhere or at the end of the alley with a knife or something and rob you. But of course, something like that didn't really happen, but it's on my mind. Uh, there's lots of tourists and the place is generally safe. With a combination of water sloshing in the canals and the muffled sounds of people talking nearby, there's kind of like that ominous tone to them, you know. I don't know, it's at night. And plus it gets really dark. Luckily, um, I had that little um, flashlight on my phone to kind of guide my way. Just the anticipation that someone is waiting for you around the corner who is going to jump and rob you is enough to send shivers up your spine. But we made it. We're here. Everything is fine. Thankfully, nothing happened. 